we're, we're, we're talking about like what's going on in our world. I think it's a time we, we have to respond. We have to respond one way or the other. And, and today what I want to do is just share um, what I believe our Father in Heaven has given us as our natural response to the things that are happening in your world today. This stuff has taken place that has now hit really close to home and it's actually gotten real, hasn't it? For anybody, can anybody agree with me on that? It's like gotten real. Some of you probably work in Charlotte. Some of you have students probably down at the university down there. I mean, it's, it's here. And so there's no more, well, that is never going to happen here. Listen, can I tell you, it's happening in every single one of our lives. It is happening every time you go to a restaurant. It is happening every time you walk down the street. It is happening in every place you go. There's a sizing up. There's a wondering what is actually going on in there. There, there, there's, there's a judging, and if we're not careful, if we're not very careful, there will be such a divide in our culture that um, I don't think it is like anything we've ever seen. And so here today, on the record, is a response. And again, because I respect and love every single one of you in this place, whether I know you or not, you get to choose. But what I believe is that, again, because this is sort of like, this is what we base life on here, that there's some beautiful things that like God inspired man to write that helps guide the way you and I respond, okay? So that's laying the groundwork of where we're getting ready to go for just the next few minutes, I need to say this before we go any further, and this is may going to ruffle some feathers and make some blood pressure rise, but I'm just going to tell you the truth is this, is that the Father in heaven, God, however you call him, some of you call him daddy. I love to hear people pray when they call him daddy. Um, some people call him father. Some people just call him God. However you connect with our creator, I need you to understand that at this very moment, he is still seated on the throne. Meaning that he is in all control of things going on. And listen, I have the questions just like you. Why, why, why is all this stuff happening then if God Almighty, the Creator, Father, is still seated on the throne? If he's in control, why does everything look like chaos? And can I just be very honest with you? I have no idea. Just, I have no idea. The only thing that I do know, because I've seen him move in powerful and miraculous ways, is that he is who he says he is. Okay? Now listen, you have to figure that out for yourself, if that's what you believe. And if it's not, listen, that's okay. I hope that you hang around us long enough. And we actually display our Father's character and characteristics enough that you will one day say, I knew Scott, but I'm not sure I know this new Scott. You see, the source of the newness is the Father in heaven. This is so great, and I didn't plan on saying this this service, but first service, I had some dear friends here that I go way back with. 
And we just, we just reminisced in the atrium because they're from Florida. They came here today just to surprise me. But I used to play golf with him. He was one of the first guys that I traveled my professional golf career with. And he saw me break clubs. He heard me invent cuss words. He saw the flesh at its finest. And he told me today, just before he left, standing right there, he said, Scott, I'm so proud of you. And it makes me understand that God really is that good. Because he changed my life. And so you guys have to figure out if the Father heaven and God, God in heaven is the one that is going to control your life or not. I am not a good enough communicator to make you want to love my God. But here's the vision, the picture that I want to be burned into your brains. The Father that I believe is still seated in heaven, and I believe the Father is seated in heaven with his arms wide open. His arms are wide open for every single person to enter into his presence. Every single human being that has breathed air has the opportunity to enter into God's presence. That means people that we don't agree with, People that do things different than us. I, 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 I just want you to know, listen, like Osama bin Laden had an opportunity to enter into the father's arms. Hitler had an opportunity to enter into the father's arms. The worst of the worst, and I don't know what that is in your category and in your brain, but I know that child molesters are not very high on many people's lists. And do I, I can't even say this clearly enough, but the child molesters that some of you may know or have even been affected by have the opportunity to walk into the Father's arms. You see, church, what we've done is a very bad job of letting people know that. Because we believe that we are the ones in charge of who gets into the Father's presence and who doesn't. And the reality is this. No, you were given the opportunity to walk into the Father's arms as well. See, what I just need you to know is we're all in this together. And it doesn't matter your performance. It doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter anything that our world is wanting to stamp its image on. That's not what matters. What matters is that you are a child of God, whether you realize it or not. And you have an open invitation, no matter what your past, no matter what your present, I'll go as far as to say, no matter even your future, you have an open invitation into the Father's arms. And many of us in this room, we've accepted that. We have walked into the presence of the Father. We have allowed his arms to wrap around us. His arms are wide open. There's a story we're going to look at, maybe if time allows this morning, called the story of the prodigal son. Many of you know this story. You've read it. You've been there in Sunday school. You've probably even taught it. But there's a story there in that story of the prodigal son. The father wraps his loving arms around his son who has performed very bad over the past. We're going to look at that maybe just in a few minutes. But what I got to say is this. 
And you each have to answer this for yourself. If the Father's arms are wide open to everyone, listen, we've got to get this. I believe this can change the way you live the rest of your life today. If the Father's arms are truly open for everyone who exists to enter into them no matter what, if the Father's arms are open wide to everyone, then that changes the way we must look at people. Because I will just venture out to say that I'm not the only person in this room who has ever written someone off by the way they look, smell, sound, talk, you name it. I'm not the only one, am I? Okay, good. Whew. If y'all if y'all got this down pat, then I'm just talking to myself. I'll just turn around and speak like this. But if his, far, if his arms are wide open, if that's true, then that has to change. Listen, has to change the way you and I look at everyone. Because everyone is welcome into the Father's arms. That's what I believe. That's what I'm teaching here at this place. Some of you walked in here the first time at this place. Listen, that's how we lead our staff. That's what our staff believes. Our staff loves that way. That's the direction that I believe the Holy Spirit is leading us to change this community. And can I tell you, by the end of my time on this earth, I want to know that we have changed this community. Why else are we here? Why else are we being shown such favor? Why do we have resources that are flooding this place? And some of you say, well, you guys got that much money? No, but my father owns a cattle on a thousand hills and he owns the cattle on those hills. So my father has deep pockets. He just does. So guys, we're not here to go through the motions and look good and trying to do it. Guys, we're seriously here to change this place. I believe that we can eradicate racism everywhere we go. We're going to talk about that too in a few minutes. That's just what I believe. And so what is our response to all this? Man, this hit home. My son, who's 15, we were driving through from, up from Atlanta the other night. It's late, 10, 10.30. We got through right there at Charlotte, and we knew we were going to probably see something. Driving up 85, and you know the only thing we saw were about 8 to 10 helicopters flying throughout the city. And he said, look at all those helicopters. Times have changed, guys. Times have changed, but everything's the same. I'm not going to go in this direction this morning. I'm going to, I'm going to steer us a little different. But Adam and Eve, they had two boys by the name of Cain and Abel. Listen, we've been hating and killing and murdering people from the very beginning. So times are different, but everything's the same. And so what's our response? Because you guys got to go home and talk to your children. I mean, I got, I got a nine-year-old sitting right here. What are we going to, what, what, what are we saying? What is our response to all the hatred, the killing, the murder, the division? What is our response? And honestly, I'd love to hear some of your responses maybe one day. I'd love to see how they're going to line up with what I'm getting ready to say because here's our response. 
You say, I think we have the greatest opportunity before us. Honestly, that's how I want us to see it. I don't want us to run for the hills. I don't want to dig bomb shelters. I don't want to go and, and separate ourselves and try to keep all of the nastiness that's going on away from us. No, you and I have the greatest opportunity ever, I believe, because of our resources are so great, to penetrate the nastiest like never before. You see, I believe we have the greatest opportunity before us today to be the brightest and shining light out in this community and beyond that we've ever had. But listen, if you hate, like literally, I, I, I just know, I, I know, because I know people. I know that there are some of us in this very room, we're struggling with it because someone hurt our grandfather or our father or our grandmother, our mother. Someone mistreated them and we've held on to it and we just have deep-seated hatred in our life. And so today we've got to deal with that. Because again, I believe we have the greatest opportunity before us to be lights out in that community. Let's just look at what the scripture says. I'm going to be going fairly quick. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, it's in the New Testament. These words are also going to be on the screen. Because if you're like me, when I went to church, I didn't carry a Bible. Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Listen, man, we're crazy in the church. Church people are crazy. Like, we judge you because you don't carry a Bible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, how sick are we? And we are, listen, if they would come into our homes, Fox and CNN, they'd have a lot. Listen, it's crazy, all right? I just haven't, I I may, I've never had any helicopters flying around my house yet. (laughs) A lot of crazy stuff going on, but not that. Listen, I'm just trying to lighten it up, man, because it, it, it was tough in the first service. Like, I felt like I needed to take everybody to Golden Corral afterwards or something. That's just how it felt. I was like... Man, but it's truth. Listen, we've got to deal with this stuff, man. You know what I'm saying? I believe the generations that are coming after us depend on the way we respond today. Okay? So here, here it is. That's good. Thank you. That's good. I mean, yeah. It's serious. Here's our response. And if I had a little stamp, I'd stamp it on it. This is our response. And you say, well, Scott, did you craft this up? No. I mean, literally, I, I crafted this up like Thursday. Again, I was going to talk about money today. More Mondays tomorrow night? We're on docket to interview one of the greatest money minds that I've ever run across and know as a friend. Like we're interviewing a guy on how the Holy Spirit, the power of God, affects your money. We're going to talk about that tomorrow night unless the Lord just sort of diverts us this way. I don't know. We were going to talk about money today, but man, listen... We got to deal with this stuff. You got to know how to respond out there in the real world. Because listen, it's hitting you tomorrow morning right in the face. Here it is. Scott, what do I do? Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. Do everything without complaining. No, God, I can't do that. Do everything without complaining or arguing. I mean, I'm X that out today. I missed that one. Verse 15 says, though, do those things. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation. You guys believe that we're probably living in that same generation? It's crooked out there, isn't it? 
He says, live this way in this kind of generation in which you, listen, did you see this? It gets very personal, in which you shine like stars in the universe. Did you know that that is your response? Your response is to live in such a way under the influence of God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, in such a way that you shine bright out in this world. And, and, and I'm not going, I don't want to see a show of hands. We're working on some technology that we're going to try to incorporate right here. And, and like you would be able to do, like answer a question silently, but we'd get to see the responses. And here's the question I'd like to just ask you. Honestly, you tapping one or two is not going to be told. You're not going to be called out. But are you living a life that is actually shining bright for the kingdom of God? And I don't say that to cause you shame. But can I tell you, that's part of our response in this world that we live in today. Jesus followers. Those of us who have accepted the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, he's telling us to live in such a way that you and I, by our actions, by the way we talk, by the way we move and have our being, is supposed to shine light into this dark world. And so one and two, one or two, one being no, two being yes, I'd love to be able to ask you, is your life casting off light? And again, I don't ask you that to shame you. But I ask you that for the reality of where we've got to go. There's a guy by the name of Peter. He wrote this in 1 Peter chapter 2. And this is just sort of like reality check time. 1 Peter chapter 2. And it's just a simple verse, verse 12. And I, I love this because Paul knew what was going on and we don't have time to set the stage of all the cultural background. I know there are some people who like to study. Go study what was actually taking place in Peter's life when he wrote this. Peter says this, he says, he says, live such good lives among the pagans. And I'm gonna stop right there. Because some of our answers have been this, well then, I'm just going to move to another country. Can I tell you that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and principalities of the air? Basically, that is church word for that Satan is in charge. He's the one we're fighting. It's not the individuals that we, I have even been guilty of saying like, why are they standing across the road? I'm guilty of that. It's not them that we are fighting. It is the influence of the enemy who hates your Savior. And because you are one of his children, you have to go get in line because he hates you too. And so he didn't say, run for the hills, go to another country, go build a bubble. He didn't say, go build a big fallout shelter. He said, live such good lives 
among the pagans. We've got an awesome opportunity to be bright and shining stars in the universe because, again, not being judgmental, just looking around, there's a lot of things that are showing me that there are a lot of people who do not believe what I believe. And listen, that's okay. That does not change my response. He says, live among the pagans. Though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may what? Man, that was weak. That they may... I wrote this in my notes in my Bible years ago, and I just saw it as I was looking through that this morning. People are watching But even greater than are they watching, here's the thing. They are wanting. And I just wonder, are we living in such a way, bright and shining stars? Are we living amongst the pagans in such a way that they're wanting what you are displaying? This this is on us. I don't have to answer for those who are standing across the streets. I don't have to answer for them. I've got to answer for me. And listen, I don't know about you. You guys have probably far away surpassed me. But I've got a lot of growing to do. I want you to hear that. Live such good lives among the pagans. That though they accuse you of doing wrong, which... They may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day that he visits us. I don't know about you, but I've got to take that personally. I'm responsible for that. So you know what that tells me? That I've got to be more careful. I've got to be careful about who I hang around with. I've got to be very careful about the conversations that I find myself in sometimes. Listen, I'm not trying to be a prude. I'm not trying to be old school. I'm not thumping my Bible here. This is not hell, fire, and brimstone. But listen, I cannot laugh at some of the things that this world is laughing at today. Because they take on the name of the follower of Jesus. Listen, I'm held to a higher standard. Not even talking about being a preacher, church person. But because I've taken on the name of Jesus. I am one of God's children. I have to rise to the occasion. Paul told me was to go shine like a bright star in the universe. So our response is, you know, we got to check ourselves. See, I believe that there's coming a day, and it may be in my lifetime, and it may be in the next several years, it may be tonight, that there is going to be such a quaking of things as we know it. Things are going to drastically change all across the board. And I believe that there is going to be another group, another name, another rising up of people who truly love Jesus so much that they would give their life for him. 
Back in the day when the disciples were meeting, there was a symbol that they would place on the door, on the door frame on the side, or maybe in the dirt right in front of the door that separated them from everybody else. Because what those people, the followers of Jesus were doing was worshiping him, loving him, praying. They were breaking bread together in very small groups. They were doing all these things, risking their very life. And if you saw one of these symbols, you knew that it was a green light. It was okay. Basically, it really wasn't safe, but it was safe to enter into this place. When you saw, and some of you guys have this symbol on your cars. You know what I'm talking about, right? It's the fish. That little symbol meant that there were some devoted people to Jesus right through that door. And it set them apart because they were risking their life. I believe there's something on the horizon, and I'm not going to say that I'm prophesying here, but I believe that history does what history does best, is it repeats itself. I believe there is a day coming, maybe in my lifetime, where there's going to be a separation, a dividing point, where Christianity, Christians, the name Christian is going to be this level, but there's going to be something else that describes us, those of us who are willing to give our life for Jesus. And I don't know what that name is. It's not been revealed to me. I don't know what that is. But there is going to be a higher calling than just being recognized as a Christian. Because I believe what is going to divide us is going to separate us. And it's going to cost us something to follow Jesus. It's going to cost us something to go out among the pagans and shine like bright stars in the universe. It's going to cost you something if you live a lifestyle looking at every individual knowing that the Father's arms are wide open. And there's some of us in this room that there is just something that is in you. And if you're honest, there's just something that is in you that is keeping you back that is almost physically holding you back from responding this way. I got I to gotta go here real quick. It's in Luke chapter 15. And it's a word that I just, I just want to share. And I need this. Listen, can I tell you, I don't know if you're feeling beat up or not. I am feeling almost so unworthy to even share this message I've got so much growing to do. I'm almost 42 years old. I have got so much growing to do. But guys, listen, we're all in this together. If we're going to change this community, we've got to get in this thing together and understand that we don't have it all together. And it is okay to admit that we don't have it all together. That there's some of us in here that we have hatred, we have racism, we have just all kinds of negative things that are holding us back. And if we're honest, we're like, well, I don't even know how it got there. I love this story, and you guys go home and read it. I trust you to go read it. But the father, you got to look at this, the father in this story of the prodigal son. Hey, I've been focused on studying just the father. Look at how the father reacts. The son has done so many things wrong. He deserves nothing of the father as we would look at it through earthly eyes. He deserves nothing. 
Depending on how old this son is, he probably needs a good dog beating, right? And that's how it happened to me. Got dog beat out of me sometimes. That's why I'm still twitching a little bit. Now I'm good. I knew my daddy could pop me, boy. Woo. Look at this. The son does not deserve anything. But it says, while he was still a long way off, him in verse 20. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. What if Christ follower, listen, if you're not a Christ follower in the room, I'm not even talking to you today, but I am blown away and excited that you would be in this place. It's phenomenal how God's working in your life. But if you're a follower of Jesus, this is our characteristic that we are supposed to be displaying. And so what if by chance you turn on the news tonight and you see individuals acting in a way that does not jive with you? What if you, instead of remarking in a negative way, you looked at them and had compassion? Can I tell you what would happen if that was the case? You would stand out like a bright and shining star in the universe. You would. Because down here, let's just say it, down here in our south, man, we struggle with this. What if we just look at them and we just almost, we have compassion. I love it. Because the father didn't say one word to the son. Look at it. Go study it. He didn't say one word to him. Not one. He didn't say, welcome home. He didn't say, what do you want? He didn't say, I love you. He didn't say anything to the son. And this is a whole nother message for a whole nother time. But what in the world does that say to us? You know what it says to me? Because I've had a little longer to study than probably you just caught off guard this morning by it. And when I say i got so much room to grow, this is in one of the areas. You know what that says to me? The father didn't say one thing to him. It tells me that what we display is way more powerful than what we say. Lord, help me. Please. The father didn't say one thing to his son. You see, the father ran to him because his arms are always open. And he wrapped him around him. And he kissed him. And then this is the second and last part that I'm going to real quickly go through because you're smart and you're going to get this. This isn't going to be the last discussion we have on this. But I am commissioning you, you hear? I am commissioning you. And I understand that this is very difficult and challenging and rubs some of us the wrong way. Can I tell you, I don't know in this service, but as I said some of these things in the first service, I looked and all around were police officers that I call friends. And they're putting their life on the line every day. And they're hearing their pastor say things like, we got to turn the other cheek. We got to have compassion. We got to have compassion on someone who is trying to take my life. 
cheesy that you lose this, but isn't that what Jesus did? He knew those guys were trying to take his life. He knew Judas was going to be the one. Us grasping this changes everything. And we don't have to wait weeks, months, years. You grasping this will change your home. It will change your office. It'll change your school. The father simply gave his undeserving son his best. (laughs) That doesn't add up. doesn't make sense, does it? Go look at it. He gave him his best robe. He put a ring on his fingers and he gave him sandals for his feet. He gave him his best. And he didn't even come close to deserving it. So here's our response. We're going to go be bright and shining stars. We're going to look at everyone and have compassion. And we are going to give every person that we run across our best. That's what they deserve. You have the power inside of you, Christ followers, to change this community. And it's not because of Hope City. And it's not because of some message. But it's because the Holy Spirit of God, his presence and power lives inside of you. So we're going to go change this community and then wherever else God tells us to go because the Father's arms are always open.